podcast that discusses storytelling from all angles to help you and us answer the call when the muse screams, tell the damn story. We'll be exploring the challenges of being creative in fiction, illustration, comics, film, and nonfiction. Hey, everybody. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Wherever the heck it is in the world you're listening to this. Welcome to another thrilling episode, insightful episode of Tell the Damn Story. I'm Alex Simmons. My co-host, Chris Ryan, had a family uh, event to attend. And as my guest uh, commented a moment ago in the green room, uh, better to put family before business. And I agree with him 100%. So Chris and, and family have a great time. Uh, I'll, I'll hold down the fort as best I can. Speaking of our guest, um, this time we have someone who actually is fun for me, even more fun for me than usual, because not only is he a talented young person who we will go more in depth into what he does, um, but he is also uh, an ex-student of mine from the uh, screenwriting experience that he had that we'll also talk about. But he's a young filmmaker. He's living in New York at this point, but he is, I mean, he is moving like great guns from, for the past year at least, uh, I've been watching and keeping track, and I'm really excited and proud to have him on the show. Mr. Kai Caldro. Caldro, did I pronounce that wrong or right? No, you got it. Caldro is... Hot dog. Yeah, I love it, because cow, as in Kal-El, like Superman. Yeah, there you go. And, that was always the correlation I made. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the... it, right? Yeah, as opposed to the Estonian pronunciation. Um, but yes, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> thank you so much, Alex. Great to be here. Um, it's real excited to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you. So for those of you guys who have missed a few episodes of the show, let me just bring you up to speed. Uh, this season, uh, Chris and I have decided that on certain episodes, we would sort of pursue the understanding or the pathways of not only being a creative writer, but also pursuing a career in filmmaking. And as I said, uh, Kai and I met, uh, God, what was it, three years ago? It was three whole years ago. Yep, three years ago. And when he was a student, a filmmaking student at the New York Film Academy here in New York City. And I remember then that you had, I mean, your, your mind was always a buzz with ideas and concepts and things like that. And it was always fun, um, and this is mean on my part, but I don't mean it to be mean. It was always fun watching oh. you trying to find the words to express all the ideas that were in your head. So, <laughs> so I know there are a number of emerging uh, writers and creatives out there who, who, who go through the same thing, who, who, who can connect with that feeling. So I wanted to just sort of slip back in time a little bit and just start out with were you always like that as, as a kid were you always creative did you did you aspire to do that or were you a, a, a quiet little bookworm what what was what was the what was young Kai like oh uh, it's a great question um well in answer to the uh the first part yes I um I've always been very um very passionate about like i've always had this kind of urgency within me that you know unless i could translate one of my ideas into reality that it was you know that it was useless and i had to i had to validate it mm. um that's always been my my instinct and just the idea of you know um get, getting out there and presenting it in a way that you know um that it like it, making sure that it sounded good outside of my head it was something that i think about i've 
you know, especially at that point a few years ago, um, I had a lot of, uh, you know, self-consciousness about, which thankfully I think I've managed to uh, overcome yes. as I've gone. Yeah, on, honestly, I would describe myself coming up. I was a lot like uh, Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes <laughs> as a as a youngster. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have. I was, I was had that pathological rejection for authority, and I think, uh, and just you know, I was never quite on planet Earth. You know, you know, I always had just these crazy ideas that, again, you know, I I wanted. I didn't want to only exist in my head. I needed to. I needed to see them, and. Um, in reality, in some way, shape, or form, you, yeah. yeah, 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 and I think um, so that that was me coming up, and I think um, I'd like to think as years have gone on, I'm a little closer to being like Calvin's tiger buddy Hobbes, and that you know to be more of a um, a subtle agitator with a more of a sense of humor, who instead of you know trying to tear down the wall, he he tears down the wall, so to speak, by you know looking at it and contemplating it. Ah. Um, supposed to headbutting it huh? <laughs> yeah um that that was me yeah i i was always um i always wanted to be a filmmaker and i don't quite remember where it began it was always kind of innate you know it's not something that i can really put quite put into words it's kind of like someone asked me like what's your favorite flavor of ice cream or or rather why is you know say uh oreo you know your f favorite cup uh flavor of ice cream it's like, well, I can't, I can't explain that. It just, it just is. You just so, like it. Um, right. Yeah. It was always, it was always a lot like that. And, um, I remember the, when I was six, uh, the summer between kindergarten and first grade, I remember I made a, a backyard, a Spider-Man, you know, fan film in my backyard when I was six with like really, really shoddy, like DB camcorder <laughs> with, uh, Halloween costumes and neighborhood kids. And, you know, uh, we were, uh, just, just we had like, a blast though right yeah you know no that that was like you know even though we com composited the hilariously rough visual effects in microsoft paint and we cut the, <laughs> the film together in windows movie maker on uh you know like windows xp or whatever was at that time um it was like my first step into a larger world and i, I that was always um i always knew that's what i wanted to do and you, you know you know what's funny kai I, I i mean there's obviously a reason why we always got along um uh, you you've just you've just sort of stepped into my past <laughs> a little bit yeah oh yeah because uh just quickly just say because folks this is how our minds work um in in i was always the kid playing with with action figures and making up all kinds of stories and things in, you know in my room you know by myself a lot because i had no siblings and all like that. i had some friends but you know it was just basically a lot of times away uh, alone and making up my own stories but when I reached a middle school or junior high, as it was called then, I, I had two friends, Michael and Angel or Angelo. And we started with a, a friend of, of Michael's mother. He had a, a camcorder or, or like eight millimeter movie camera. And we started making our own action films. With, yeah. yeah, right. OK. And there's literally and there's a photograph that I can I can pull up at some point to prove it. We did a we did two Batman and Robin films. Oh, I love it. Where Michael played Batman, Angelo played Robin, homemade costumes. I always had to be the villain, you know, which I was a pudgy kid, so I was always the, the pudgy the villain. And we shot okay. in Central Park and we, we shot on the roof and we just we just work with what we had. So I totally get that mindset, <laughs> you know, because 
what else? You're, you're, you're influenced by the world around you. You have these visions in your head. And someone said, oh, there's a way that we can capture some of that. Let's go. Right. And there you go. So I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that because I, I've seen that in some of the uh, IMDB and other material that you sent me. But I understand that you were born in New York City or in Brooklyn. Or you lived That's in Brooklyn? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how'd you get to Virginia? I mean, you don't have to go into the whole thing, but you said something about Virginia, so I was a little uh, confused. Um, yeah, so my family moved down there uh, when I was four, so I was born here, but um, you know, I, I, you know, I grew up down there, and um, I, I always maintained like a, a city mindset. Um, I think, and I never, I never, I never quite fit in down there, but you know, I think. Um, I'm thankful for that, you know, because um, that's what, that's what led me like, like kind of growing up with that, like innate feeling that like, I don't, that you, you don't like your environment and you need to, you know, something and, or you, not even just, you know, Virginia, just, you know, whatever the world, whatever, or, and also that feeling of, you know, needing to, uh, you know, create something. I think that, you know, it was like that, the itch I was always trying to scratch. And that's, mm. you know, in part is what led me to, uh, you know, fighting to make it back here, um, which I did. I, I dropped out of school when I was 16 and I um, got my GED and I was emancipated. And then I, I managed to get back here uh, in summer of 2019. So three years ago now. Wow. 2019, just a very, very very short window before the world changed for a moment. Right. There. Yeah. 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 And that, that, that was i don't even know how to describe it <laughs> well we'll get we'll get to that so so you as you said um at 16 dropped out of school um had this desire to 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 be in a different environment to explore other possibilities uh got your ged got yourself back to new york city and and at what point i mean at that point that you landed back here in new york did you have a plan in terms of career or or uh, building your 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 skill set towards filmmaking or acting or, or any of that um yeah um the uh, you know i I, th I think the intention at the time was you know um just very very practically just start doing anything possible just to make um to meet people and you know try to lay some kind of groundwork or make you know connections i i always knew you know you know, had visions for, you know, films I wanted to make and whatnot, but, you know, you have to, uh, you know, the sort of the, the road getting there and meeting the right people. That's what I was first very, um, concerned about. And, um, but the, 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 the intention was always there. There was never like, you know, um, any question about it. Um, and between, you know, growing up, getting back here, you know, one thing I've always, you know, like I said, you know, one thing I've always kind of struggled with is, um, and I think, kind of in the time when you you know uh i was your student you probably observed this i've always kind of got, gone through a phase that you know the, these two phases that you know they uh they go in and out of each other where you know i am very very uh determined and you know i will speak my mind and i will you know i uh, you know fight for whatever it is that i'm trying to do or yeah with no compunction to you know the, the my, my environment um and then that what, what will happen that will then what will happen is, you know, I become sobered at a certain point, you know, and then um, by, you know, after, I don't know, I guess I succeed at whatever it was that I was so anxious about, you know, I reflect and um, I got kind of embarrassed, you know, like, oh, man, I, I you know, I, 
I feel like such a punk and this and that. And then that happens. And then suddenly I become, you know, the more reserved and I, I uh, part of myself, you know, that that's when I become overly concerned, you know, you know, I become consumed with that and trying not to ever, you know, being so concerned about ever offending, you know, mm. anyone or not stepping on anyone's toes. And then that, when, when that, then that kind of that threshold, it goes on too long. And then suddenly I'm just like, nope, no more Mr. Mr. Nice Kai. And then I, I, I you know, it's, it's happened a lot. There's a cycle that you go through. It's yeah. a cycle. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I just tried it and, you know, I, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm trying to, you know, again, it's like Hobbes and Calvin and Hobbes be a more subtle agitator. Yeah. Or, or at least, you know, become the one, you know, Cal right. Hobbes as opposed to Calvin Ann. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, I, again, how we express ourselves and, and the, the journey that we go through, go on and go through exploring our creative urges, our, our, you know, our vision, our dreams, our goals. It, it can be very erratic. It, it definitely can impact on our confidence or self-confidence or sense of self, most assuredly, including even outside of the, the industry. And, I, and we've had a number of people uh, who've been in the business for a long time, who've written books or plays or films or whatever. We've had all these interviews and almost every one of us could at some point talk about the pressure of trying to do what it is we want to do or we feel we need to do or we're, we're born to do without support, without, you know, the confidence behind us from either family or loved ones or friends because they don't get it or whatever. And so we've got to sort of make a lot of that, that journey on our own on faith. And certainly that yeah. impacts on your, your sense of self. You know, you can either have a super ego, in which case you believe everything I do is perfect or wonderful, you know, or you're at the other end of that spectrum and you're trying to find your way to the middle. And so I, I totally get that. Um, and I, I want to just tell the audience here that, uh, <laughs> again, it's been like three years since I first met him uh, and he was my student for a period of time and then he graduated and he's out here in the world and you've made some remarkable things happen. So we're going to get to those things. I'm not going to jump there right now. We're going to get there. But folks, hang on, because the journey that we're discussing now leads to this thing that I've just you know, indicated happens. So, so there you are. You're, you're in New York. You, your plan is to make some connections and, and to explore your creativity. And I guess in some way, shape, or form, you figured you wanted to, um, I guess, expand on your skill set and your your, your technological and structural awareness of filmmaking. So how did you choose the school that you went to? Uh, you know, how did that, how did you come about that? Nitha, um, I think, cause I, I liked the idea of uh, being a, uh, it was a trade school um, and it was one year launch pad to, um, you know, go in and, you know, make best use of the resources they had to uh, offer and, um, I don't know, I guess because the people who I think I took take the most inspiration from, they, they you know, they got going very early on, you mm. know, in their early 20s. So I, I, I was, I was always kind of apprehensive about spending too much time in school because I never, again, I didn't do well in school growing up, you know, so I was like, you know, I, I was always, you know, skeptical about that. So I think the good equilibrium was, you know, just a one year mm. program that, you know, um, would be, you know, also a, a good test run. I think my mentality at the time was like, you know, well, Sam Raimi dropped out of school when he was 
you know, 20 to make evil dead. So I, I you know, I'm 18 now. So I, I want to make, you know, use of like the, the time every, every moment you can. right? Yeah. 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 It, it's funny because there are a number of stories about filmmakers, successful ones or, you know, middle of the road or, or higher up. Right. Who, who did something like that, who, who sort of bucked the system or went against what was expected in order to try and achieve their goals. And, and you know, for every Sam Raimi, there's a number of people who didn't quite, you know, hit the target, right. but hopefully found something, you know, in the middle ground. But yeah, we, we, we again, we, we go on faith. We, we, we definitely go on faith and, and, and a hope and a prayer and all that kind of good stuff. So there you were at, at NIFA. And what was what was it like for you? I mean, because up until that point, you had these ideas in your head. You, you you knew you wanted to make films. You had maybe a certain degree of of experience. You know, maybe making some films. I will will I'll, I'll ask you about that in a moment. But NIFA has, like most schools, there's there's a, a path that they've laid out for their pupils to go through. There's certain classes you have to take certain things that each instructor is going to try and teach you. What was that like for you? Was that um, supportive? Was that useful? Was that, did you feel your rebellious nature kicking in? You know? uh, all of the above. <laughs> all of the above. Yeah. Um, definitely. You know, when it came to your class, I mean, I, I remember um, that's where I guess I felt most uh, at, at home because I, I, I feel like you kind of, have the most uh you you had a really objective sense of um how even from things that you know don't have loads of accolades even things that you know i i appreciate that i feel like you know in a cerebral academic film environment are not very respected like uh like batman cartoons perhaps you know like they're they're they're, they're, they're you know and, and comic books and um you know and all that kind of stuff you know the, the comic-con stuff um how there's uh you can learn things, you know, for, from that, um, you can, there are a lot of things, you know, that maybe aren't necessarily, you know, the, uh, the European avant-garde, you know, landmarks in cinema, you know, or, or in American, you know, cinema history, but you know, that you can learn a very useful, practical storytelling technique. Yeah. Elements. Yeah. Yeah. From yeah. that, that was very, so, um, that, you know, I, I always, you know, appreciated. Um, but yeah, definitely all of the above, you know, it was, it was always the challenge was that, you know, the, the teachers there are supposed to, you know, uh, they're supposed to like, you know, support you, but they're also, they're supposed to, you know, try to impart upon you like certain, uh, practices. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I always felt like, you know, it became like, it, there were times when I, when I think there was a parallel between like, you know, the director and the studio executives who, you know, don't, don't quite get or don't appreciate the you know the director's idea and then it, it becomes like a whole bloodbath <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing um so and i i so when and when i kind of realized that i was like all right well this is just you know this this is uh only the beginning and this is kind of just a part you know learning how to navigate that is part of the is absolutely uh, absolutely yeah. And and again, you're you're out there now, and and I'm I'm we're going to get to that part of the story because again, some of what you're saying, you realize, okay, this is a part of the process that I'm going to be dealing with. You're now in that, uh, right. more so. And so again, we're going to find out how how you felt in terms of when you met that that wolf at the door. Um, just a couple more quick things about the school experience. 
when I when I work with with writers, other writers in particular, I try and be conscious of the fact that my position as a coach or a teacher or an editor is not to create my work through their work, but to help them do their best work. And so and so obviously part of that is the writer finding his or her voice. What is it they're trying to say? What 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 themes do they want to explore? And what was that like for you, again, in those early stages? There you were taking some training in filmmaking. Did you also find that you sort of held back on wanting to explore your voice and your visions? Or did you feel like, okay, now now I, I have uh, the vehicle I need to really just go at it? I mean, what was that like for you? I think, if anything, there were limitations like... um. I mean, part of part of it, I think, perhaps, you know, is contingent upon where your interests are at the time and what seems cool to you. I think um, if there were any kind of limitations or in, in any way that I didn't go the full way, it was sort of that, you know, I just, you know, I just moved to the city, you know, and we're in the, in the, you know, small parochial town where I grew up, you know, I never, you know, where I, I never really connected with anyone, you know, I, I remember, I remember at one point, you know, before I moved back here, before I made it back here, I was like, all right, I'm starting over in New York City and all the things that I get made fun of, you know, for here mm-hmm. in Smallville, nowhere. Okay, you know, like, uh, I'm not allowed to, you know, I'm not allowed to, you know, wear X t-shirt of X heavy metal band because, you know, people are going to think that I'm weird because I like that or I'm not going to wear, you know, any any black nail polish or eyeliner. And then I kind of get I, this like very like emaciated, like, you know version of me or just like you know like restricted constricted you know it's like Mm -hmm. whatever like the equivalency of like in all the old like jane austen you know uh movies where you see like the the young ladies when they like have to put on like the dress and the corset that's not comfortable right like they feel like very like repressed yep you know and then like that like the visual like that being conveyed that kind of feeling just like worry about being um you know being very self-conscious you know and, and you know about and people you know thinking that i'm weird or i'm this or that for superficial kind of attributes that are just you know my own my own idiosyncrasies um or my own interests you know that i think was what kind of binded perhaps or you know uh my my work you know at that point was laden by and the more comfortable i became with myself the more i you know i was like no you know what i like this um this is what i like this is what i want to do and you know I, i don't care how you feel you know that when I got very defensive and it all just kind of, you know, when that, I think when that happened, that's when my, you know, I think, um, your voice began uh, to sort of come. Yeah. 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 The more, the I think when I got more comfortable with myself, that's when my work, you know, started to reflect my, my intentions. Good. Good. More. Yeah. And I, and I, again, I think that's, that's sort of key. As a matter of fact, I think there was a, (laughs) there's a quote that I, I posted, uh, just even a few days ago about the more that we, we become clear about the, ourselves, the more we, you know, the more, the easier it is for us to find our voice as yeah. artists. You yeah, know, there's absolutely. A, there's a, uh, Moonage Daydream, the David Bowie uh, documentary that's out in theaters right now. I'm a huge Bowie fan. So I saw it um, uh, on 42nd Street. I loved it. And there's um, a great quote from him at one point in the film from one of his interviews where he says uh, something, uh, not verbatim, but effectually, he says, um, you know, that, and trying to, you know, you know, create something for, you know, you know, a piece of art, you know, that hopefully other, other people understand, you know, it, you're, you're also trying to get a better understanding of yourself. Mm. Yeah. 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 And 
as long as, and real quick, as long as, you know, because I think it's, it's relevant um, as long as they're quoting the greats here, what we were talking about, about the, the, the middle ground earlier about, you know, that equilibrium um, and, you know, the, you know, and especially, you know, creatively with egos and everything. Um, I think it was Neil Young who said something about how a, uh, uh, rock and roll is about finding the place where Christ and the devil shake hands. <laughs> and that's wow. Like, wow. Yeah. That, it, wow. Well, even though that's, you know, musically speaking in my own, you know, and, and, you know, as a filmmaker, I feel like that's kind of the intention of like blurring extremes or, or to, you know, to conflate them or, or, I don't know, I guess kind of demystify certain cynicisms or certain boundaries. That's my, you know, but, you know, but also not like demonize them either. That's right. my, that, that's always been my kind of my mission statement. Well, I, I kind of get the impressions. And again, I can only see the world through the lens that is mine, you know, with whatever uh, experiences and different types of people and things that I've met along the way. But, you know, I feel that one of the things that's happened during my lifetime is generationally speaking, we've gone through at least two, maybe three societal uh, model changes, uh, and and we've made more room with with kicking and screaming. We've made more room to recognize more varieties and aspects of our our society as a whole, our world, our global society. Right. And in doing that, then that, those entities want to be represented on the screen or in books or so forth. And so ways of creating that dialogue, that communication, those visions become necessary and for some people it's it's like whoa wait a minute what i don't i don't know what to do with this i i'm not used to this it wasn't there for the first 20 years of my life or 30 years or 40 years of my right. life so now i don't know how to process this i don't know if i want to process this so one of the things that you know you were saying um about your experience at at knife and i think this goes with any university or any school of training there there's a point where the teachers, depending on their age and, and, and their beliefs and everything, we have a certain amount of information to impart, some guidance to impart, some, some skill sets to, to expose you to or, or help you at least learn, if not master. And at the same time, some of us will do that without attempting to influence you with our own uh, philosophy. And then sometimes we will. You know, and, and, and I think the new voices, you know, yours included, those, those voices still need to be heard, you know, whether we can hear them well or not. Well, thank you. Um, and I, I've one very important practical thing that I, I learned from you was I think the art of a uh, brevity when it came to dialogue. I remember there was one time it was for a, uh, I, I think it was for the, the short NIFA version of a Sinner's Lullaby, which I'm now, you know, in pre-production on the, uh, you know, a feature film version of. Yeah, we're, we're going to get to that. I'm, I'm eager to get yeah. to that. Yeah. When I remember when I first brought you the, the script for the, you know, the, 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 the student film version, I remember bringing, I remember handing you the, the my script for, it, and I remember like coming back uh, a day later and you had some notes for me. And I said, and I remember saying real quick, um, there's, there's, a, you know, some dialogue that I think is a little, uh, you know, um, unnecessary that I, that, you know, is overly, obvious of certain foreshadowing i want to remove and you and you you just lit up and you were like thank you <laughs> and i yeah so i think that's actually been kind of my practice going forward i mean personally um especially as also as an editor my um as a film editor 
um, time and trying to get the same effect in less time, um, you know, that's very important to me. And I think, um, I, I don't want, I mean, I think it's a little dismissive or, you know, to say the less dialogue, the better, but I think um, if there's something that you can communicate, you know, by silence or, you know, or just trying to trust, trust the audience to do your work for you, mm. uh, you know, to kind of, kind of create a suggestion or a question of something. And then, you know, just, you know, assume that the audience, you know, they are paying attention, give them the benefit of the doubt. They're paying attention and they're thinking. And, uh, <laughs> whoa, they're, whoa, they're, wait, wait, let's not get ridiculous now. <laughs> right. Right. No, I hear you. I hear you. And, yeah. and again, you know, I, I, we've often talked about this, that, you know, filmmaking is a visual medium and oh yes, there's, there are words too. Right. So a lot of times what we want to share with the audience can be shown rather than told. And, right. and, and that it creates, you know, multi-leveled experience in a particularly good film. You know, right. you were seeing things where we're connecting these things. Sometimes they're almost subliminal until later in the film where you go, Oh, that's what such and such was happening. You know, that was that you make those connections. So again, yes, if the audience is paying attention or if they watch it two or three times, they, they keep striking gold you know, so either way, that's yeah. that's good. Let me let me get to um, to to the excitement. So we're going to get you out of school. You graduated. You graduated from school. And as you right. mentioned, Sinner's Lullaby. Um, what did you do when you stepped out into the world there? What, what what was your process then? Because you you've now set up as you as you already said, you're going for a feature. There was a couple of things in between that. So right. there was uh, there was Dissolved Girl on my next uh half hour short which i perhaps functions more as a tv pilot <laughs> um so there was that there were a number of music videos um and um a lot a lot of you know trying to practically translate um into reality you know just trying trying to um it feels like doing the impossible trying to you know just starting from scratch you know with knowing no one trying to go a, a feature film route um especially at that point i got very frustrated hearing you know like uh unambitious parochial like, like I'm okay not sure hey those are good words that. i like that i get i get it what felt, you're saying it felt like you know people were kind of projecting their cynicism about what could and could not be done onto me um you know and that weeding through that and you know trying to meet the right people um out of the blue out of the blue um i heard from uh because I, I think, you know, there was some kind of presence of the, you know, the film on, online. I'd mentioned it in interviews. And so, I, wait, so let me just let me just paint in some 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 dots here. So you graduated. Dissolve yep. Girl was a project that you started when? After you graduated or while you were in the school? Uh, or what? I think I, I, I oh, no, I, I throughout my, the, the latter part of my time at NIFA, it was something um, that I was intending to do. So you were writing it while you were at oh, NIFA? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I wrote okay. it. Um, for a while, I remember during COVID, it just like the script existed and I had nothing but, you know, concept drawings and, you know, that, that was it. It, it, it had it existed in my, in my head um, for a while. It was pre-visualized, but, um, you know, getting the point, especially during COVID to, um, you know, you know, to go and shoot it. Wait, was, did you shoot it during COVID? Uh, yeah. Uh, and it was this time, it was actually, I think next week, two years ago. So you shot it during 2020? Yeah, yeah, we shot it in a November of 2020. Um, our budget was, I think, in total, uh, four or five grand. Um, and we, uh, at least for the production budget, we um, 
shot it. Um, a lot of it was just, you know, we was in a, uh, one of the, the talent uh, in their garage, which we set dressed uh, at various points, you know, to, you know, to play different locations in the film. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, and then we did some second unit stuff, um, you know, on various cameras, but uh, it was a three day shoot. Um, I managed to shoot, you know, a 15 page, I think it was 15 pages, uh, a 15 page script in just three days. And, um, you know, I was certainly, it was, it was like, you know, each production, you know, it always feels like, you know, the first step into the, you know, you know, the, the on, onto the next planet. Right. And right. Right. Was, um, yeah, definitely boldly the, go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the catharsis that I, uh, you know, received at that point. And then, you know, right after that, um, premiered at, uh, all the theaters in the city were still closed at that point. So we screened it at a little, uh, at a little theater in Jersey in Rutherford. I think it was, uh, two years ago now or a year and a half ago. And, um, then I but you know, the, the concept of a, a feature length sinner's lullaby and even a feature length dissolve girl, but you know, someday, you know, those have always existed in my head. Um, and so, so, uh, let me just, just, so you feet, I'm sorry, just, just want to put a button on that. So you right. screened it in New Jersey right. and, and you had an audience there or was it virtual? Um, we had, we had an audience. It was very small though. Um, but I, I kind of, and you know, for, for one, it was COVID. Secondly, I always kind of related to, um, in every, you know, um, musicians, you know, autobiography or their interviews, you know, they, they always mention that in the early days, you know, they would perform as if they had a big crowd when no one would show up. And, right, right. And, or there's like the, there's the owner and, and a couple of barflies. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I got you. Um, Believe that, me, I've been there. Rutherford, New Jersey, small gathering, but you, you, you did your screening. And there were some reactions to it, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the main um, it was all positive. Uh, however, the one the one the biggest criticism that I received that I take as a compliment, because I ultimately I agree with it. Um, and that's what um, I think really um, imbued me to, to go so gung ho with, you know, the, the feature sinners lullaby and just no holds barred. Um, the the main the main consensus with with dissolved girl was that um the ending was very cool and it was very exciting it would where you see the the two lead characters one of which is a uh is a she's a computer hacker um and uh who's also you know fits the uh you know martial artist action film paradigm uh her and then uh, her new friend, who is a uh, an undercover robot cop, you know, who is with human likeness, um, they uh, they weapon up to go and you know to go intercept uh, the the villain uh, who runs the city, the the underground you know mm-hmm. cyber syndicate to go, you know, you get you get that um, really kick ass uh, you know weapon up suit up type montage and um, you know and uh, we, we the which was especially fun as a as a director and editor of music videos, you know, being able to get that, uh, you know, channel that, you know, mm-hmm. cinematically. It was uh, something I always wanted to do was when you can incorporate music. So, um, but you were saying there was some sort of criticism, basically the end montage and, and you know, where you and then, the, you know, it cuts the credits right as they leave to go and um, to go and kick ass and we cut the credits. 
and it feels like a to be continued, right? Right. Um, the big, the big critique was that you know that it felt like a tease, and they want to see what happens, and, they, and you know, and but I, I, I actually agree with that, you know, because th- those who have seen it, that's the way of communicating that they want to see where it goes, and they want to see more, and um, they want to leave your that. audience wanting more is is, is yeah. always a big thing in the entertainment world, yeah, as yeah. opposed to them wanting you to to run you out of town. So that yeah. that's a good reaction. Excellent, excellent. Right. Well, all right, so so let me let me I you, I was I was holding you back before you went from. Your experience on doing Dissolve Girl uh, somehow fired you up even more to take on Sinner's Lullaby. And and how soon after Dissolve Girl's screening did you then tackle Sinner's Lullaby? I think um, I've been trying to do so before then, the two simultaneously. I never really run out of, you know, energy or, you know, my, my passion. Sometimes I run, oftentimes I run out of time. But the time and energy I was putting into trying to get the the feature length sinner's lullaby lay some kind of groundwork for it. it felt like you know i was going nowhere for for a while i wasn't i wasn't having a lot of luck and then out of the blue i kim and Catherine kluge the composers of silence uh martin scorsese's second to last movie which starred uh adam driver and liam neeson and andrew garfield he uh, reached out to me um asking me because i think i made uh, sinner's lullaby you know is a very musically driven film with the two characters one is a is a rock star the other one is a lounge singer he reached out to me very they they reached out to me both of them very interested in uh the film they were asking about a composer yet and i ruefully responded in that like not yet but the film it's like it's nowhere near you know you know it'd be being made you know and they um they said well let's have a meeting and talk about it anyway and i did and they were um they expressed a lot of interest and a lot of passion and they really um seemed to they felt like the ideas, you know, thematically that I was trying to to um, express in the screenplay and that just sort of the whole dichotomy of um, good old Neil Young said, you know, finding the place where Christ and the devil shake hands, you know, with the two characters and they're being polar opposites, having to, you know, reconcile that. Um, they were really, really intrigued by that. And, um, they, and what's great about Kim and Catherine, who are really, really beautiful, lovely and amazingly talented couple um you know is that they're both musicians and they i think they both come from different walks of life as well and i think it even says it on their website you know yeah i i noticed that it says something about the the background uh which i won't i'll look at while you're talking but right. yeah it was something about their that they they do seem to have opposite uh origin experiences but then how they come together very well to work together it's, it's yeah. their music and you know that conviction that you know people can just uh that's how people can bind together and express, you know, just the essence of their humanity. Yeah. And so um, we, uh, we, we met and um, we had a, you know, we had a great talk and they, 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 they were like, sign us up. And I was, I was, I didn't know what to say to that. I was, I was just like, what, this didn't happen. <laughs> and that I think then gave, you know, you know, um, inspired me to, um, to keep looking and, you know, and we've slowly, you know, that happy. took you off of impulse power and put you. Yeah, <laughs> you just okay. come on. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, a, a concept artist who you know has done some uh, comic book renderings to help pre-visualize the film, and then we had an animated trailer, an animated concept trailer, which premiered at um, uh, we had a panel at Flower City Comic Con in Rochester where I was alongside uh, Heather Monterazzo. I, I saw and, that. Yeah. Yeah, and Holly Marie comes uh, and just. A bunch of really talented people who uh, were 
great to great to be uh, table neighbors with there at the con um and talk to so um yeah and we we uh we premiered it we premiered it there um and um then we had a q a afterwards and the reactions you know like i don't I, I didn't really know i couldn't really read the room at first but we had a lot of um i had a lot of folks uh for, again from all walks of life all different different kinds of people um approaching my table and um asking me more about the the characters and uh who they were and about the film and expressing a lot of interest in it and um that was that was very very um it was a high I, yeah no it was yeah. great and I, I was it was really i'm thankful and i'm very grateful and right yeah that was some, that that was not quite anything i've experienced before and and um you know and it meant a lot and that that felt very much like you know the beginning of, of uh connecting with the general public and you know sinner's lullaby and um you know and knowing that there's an audience for it and you, you know that validating your 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 vision yeah and, very, and at an early stage too because again it's not like you were showing the movie and no. getting that reaction oh that's the great thing about a com about comic cons is that you know they it's not like a film festival where everyone's actively in competition scrutinizing each other's work at comic cons they love seeing the nitty-gritty all the marvel comic book movies you know while they're still in principal photography they screen those rough trailers where they fill in the missing gaps with storyboards and concept drawings and that's just what we did because I thought the whole thing is that so there you go but they loved it but a quick question you said that um that the the two um oh my goodness I I don't have the two uh uh composers right came across your script now had you been seeding your script out there had you been passing it around and and trying to you know get, garner some interest uh how did they how did they come across your script um the the screen but well they they subsequently read it but um at the time i i'm actually interested in that myself i think they um they're really they're really good with um you know kind of going through the rolodex um but i think at the time sinner's lullaby i had mentioned it in interviews and you know it exists kind of just like an inform informationally um online um okay. or and they um so you've been you you'd been talking about it and yeah I've been and promoting it. And so forth. Yeah, I've been promoting it, and I think, um, you know, maybe perhaps through hashtags or through word of mouth, um, the Kluges they uh, um, they found it and they uh, it, it piqued their interest. <laughs> which... so, so let me let me just jump on to that for a moment here too, because uh, we're 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 sort of getting close to the to the hour. Uh, but um, there's a comment that I'm going to quote. Uh, from an interview that you did, uh, the person after saying they'd seen Dissolve Girls and they thought it was an amazing cyberpunk uh, genre piece, and they they likened it to Ghost in the Shell, and there was a few right. other positive things they said about it. And then you responded after saying thank you. You said, I think the two harshest blights of the 2010s and now the 2020s have been political, cultural divisions pertaining to race, gender, sexual orientation, religion, etc., but also our technological oversaturation. And I noticed that, again, the composer team also were interested in somehow themes that deal with the diversity that is our world. And, right. right. So when I had asked you earlier about finding your voice, 
I, I feel like that quote, because that's quoting what you said, that right. quote is giving me some sort of an indication of where your voice is leading or maybe has, 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 has you know, planted its flag in the ground. Do you feel that some of your work is definitely about um, diversity, not diversity, like, oh, like all men are brothers, but just showing the world for what it is and how it is and how many types of people there are? Or is it something else? Um, no, no, that's definitely um, it, uh, it's that and many things more. Which you know, I could I could say you're talking all day about it. Um, I just feel like the way people talk in everyday life, there's these like just everyone, no matter who you are, there are there are all these uh, these preconceptions and these algorithms that just they run contrary to my experience, and I'm just. You know, at the end of the day, all I really want to do is just, you know, offer, you know, you know, just to anecdotally represent, you know, what I've experienced in the, the, uh, in, the in the world around me. Um, and I know I kind of cite more of the very, very, you know, um, kind of sensitive social stuff in that quote um, from that other interview. Mm -hmm. one, thing, mm -hmm. one thing I'll state, you know, and I think it's just right now, you know, off the top of my head um, that I think you know, just speaks true to the nature of my, of, of my work in, in my, in my everyday life. So one of my aunts, um, who I'm very close with, um, you know, I love her to death. Uh, she's still quite young. She, I think she's 41 now and she has an eight-year-old daughter. So, um, you know, she all throughout her life, you know, has, uh, you know, gotten all every single, you know, you know, everyone looks at her and they just think, you know, oh, she's, you know, the, the the wholesome you know all american blonde you know that she gets all that that trash thrown at her and you know it's when they find out that she you know she does you know handiwork you know repair work she um you know that she can do landscaping that you know she's a martial artist people like like it it's just like beyond their vernacular and so you know and i i think um at the same time she has very you know she she has very wholesome and you know um you know, kind the maternal attributes, but, you know, I think but that she's so much that, more. Yeah. That I think that, um, dual, not even duality, because that duality is two more like three dimensional, four dimensional, whatever it is, you know, I think that is lost on, I think the same, I think the same, like very, um, you know, one dimensional limited perspective that people will look at fictional characters with is not mm. unlike that, that people look at just everyday people with, yeah. and I've always wanted to, um, you know, to flip that over on its ass. That's always been, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and, it. and it's always been so funny is that, you know, um, you know, growing up, like, you know, my parents, you know, they kind of had this, like this reputation of being like, oh, they're like the bohemian musicians or whatever. And, you know, like, you know, and or that like my dad was like the, the, the rock, the old, the, the rocker guy or whatever. But in all actuality, you know, I'm still, you know, if you're growing up, I could never, I can never quite get them to appreciate, um, you know, Rob Zombie or Slipknot or Nine Inch Nails or any any of the 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 stuff I listen to. And then and yet my my aunt, the you know, the the the, you know, wholesome, all American blonde one, as it were, or whatever. The girl next door. Yeah. Yeah. I, I call her up. We talk all the time about about how much we love Rob Zombie and his movies and the Devil's Reject. We talk about like we talk about like the most like brutal of slasher movies. She loves that stuff. <laughs> it's, it's great. You know? And I think just that's, I think in every, both in everyday life and when it comes to, 
characters and movies i think that perspective is really i i just want to see you know something more holistic more you know i hear you and it's funny because I'll, I'll if chris were here he would call this one of uh one of alex's uh wayback machine moments but you talk about your aunt and and in my head i go auntie mame because literally the correlation is that most kids if they're fortunate have a nutty aunt or uncle who they can connect to on that that level who gets them or gets or is into the kind of stuff they're in that the parents don't get i know she's my auntie maya yeah yeah and so again there's that that you know uncle buck and you know there's all these different oh that's her name though that's her name though because she was always kind of younger and close and closer to my age you know as as we you know i ironically would call her auntie yeah no but see that's that's perfect that's perfect she's a she's she has, you know, those classic, you know, maternal loving instincts, but she's very, very strong. And that I think, you know, set an example, you know, for me and, you know, the kind of characters in my films. So in, in sort of bringing this to um, uh, a close in this episode, as it were, right. um, you mentioned, and I know folks, I've had you waiting for this. You mentioned uh, the potential of a feature version of Sinner's Lullaby. Right. Now, again, we know that you, you're not connected. You're not Scorsese's nephew. You know, you, you, know you, you, you don't come from you know, Bruce Wayne kind of wealth. So no. here you are. Although I would argue that I'm just as moody. As <laughs> I'm just as brooding and moody as, uh, as, him, as Bruce. Well, give him a big house with bats and he'll be fine. But yeah. the, the question here is, how do you go from the, the 16-year-old who landed in New York and, and just wanted to try and figure it out to possibly getting a feature film done on an original project? Great question. Um, and usually I'm, this is something that I, I feel very, I feel, I, I feel very strongly in my everyday life. And I usually I feel embarrassed to try, you know, uh, putting it into words. But Alex, because I know you share my affinity for, you know, comic books and, action or superhero movies i'll come out and say it um and the, the you're supposed to you know by my age or your age you know you're expected to there seems to be this you know honest that you're supposed to have outgrown that um maybe in some ways i have you know but like the just the general idea that you see and especially the 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 stories that um are centered around the uh the secret the secret identity struggle um that's something that i've always um, related to, and I, I think that that correlates with your question because you know, I've always felt like you know it was just being a filmmaker is what I have to offer the world, and it's you know that's something that it's definitely you know it's hard work, but and, and I guess in some way I don't want to say it comes easy to me, but it's there, right? It's it's natural, mm-hmm. second mm-hmm. nature. Whereas you know, in my in my everyday life, you know that you know. Um, I guess the mundane or menial things they're so they feel so they feel very hard and unattainable a lot of the time a lot of time work relationships you know what have you Mm -hmm. um that's difficult so i you know so in in my experience you know what what seems you know otherworldly um or or unrealistic or you know is beyond the vernacular of you know the average person you know their dreams and even my own that feels more doable than just you know um the, the the human condition to be honest i feel like you know peter parker and spider-man you know what seems impossible 
and otherworldly, you know, it's just, it's second nature and it comes in, you know, these crazy things, you know, that, that you have, you stumble upon or that you're, you know, capable of, you know, it feels like that's, like that's normal. And yet on the other side of that, you know, feeding yourself, you know, being able to pay your rent, you know, being able to, you know, make friends to get a date, it feels beyond you. So I, I think, um, just the, the crazy things that seem like, you know, they're from another planet or they're not possible. They seem all the more possible to me. Um, I hope that I don't, I mean, I don't mean that to sound vain. No, um, no, 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 no. Don't the, even, don't that's even. Been no. My experience is just that, you know, um, the impossible always seems possible, but then, you know, vice versa. Well, I mean, the, the, I think someone identity. said the, 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 the simple statement was someone once said, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Right. So, you know, so ultimately there are those of us who will, you know, leap off a bridge with a bit of rubber attached to a waistband and <laughs> hope that the tension you know, reaches its proper point and pulls us back up before we kiss the ground. I think it is our nature to go after certain things that in some ways, depending on what people believe, we were put here to do. I think right. we, we come in with some pre-programming. You know, we come in with a large part of, of what we are, or who we're supposed to be already put into the DNA. Our upbringing and, and, and life experiences can possibly send us off the rails from that, you know. But if we're fortunate, we we get on that track and and we take that ride, you know, and we steer it as much as we can. I've often believed that the kid in me is the one that comes up with the wild ideas. Right. And then it's the adult in me that has to figure out how to pull it off. Definitely. Um, that's and again, like Calvin and Hobbes as well. Yeah. There's one last thing I wanted to say. Um that that was a very surreal moment, you know, when I was you know, talking uh, with Kim and Catherine. And, you know, I think I was uh, a few days shy of 21. So, you know, I can't even, you know, go to the, go, go to the bar yet. And, um, you know, and I just, and I'm, I'm sitting there and, you know, Kim, it tells me um, that, you know, that he, he, he gives me like the greatest, you know, endorsements I've, I've, I've ever received, you know, about my abilities and you know my um you know my sensibilities as a filmmaker and he, you know it's he and he says you know that he tells me like you know oh you you're you're farther ahead than you know most directors and mind you he doesn't you know he doesn't um cap that with most directors your age just in general and i was floored by that and then he goes on to you know say like oh you have certain you know rare um you know sensibilities or understandings that you know i've only ever seen perhaps in martin scorsese and i'm like what i'm like i'm sitting right here and he's com comparing me to, to martin scorsese meanwhile you know x y and z in my everyday life and you know like all the things that come easy to everyone else like you know i can't i i feel like i have no luck with and that you know that very you know, superhero secret identity, like, um, dichotomy, you know, that mm. that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of informed everything. Um, and I don't know, I hope that in time, you know, that, um, you know, I like what Neil Young said, you know, finding the place where, you know, where the, the, the equilibrium yeah. where Christ and the devil shake hands. I hope that can be found. I, I have faith that if that can be done, it would be by, you know, 
um, you know, fulfilling, um, you know, Sinner's Lullaby and um, any, you know, all the, the cinematic aspirations and uh, perhaps musical aspirations I have. We'll see about that. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll definitely, <clears throat> pardon me, definitely. So definitely uh, tenacity, certain amount of faith, stubbornness. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. You remember and, me. I was really, yeah. really stubborn in your class. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm embarrassed about that now. Did we did we get along? We did. We did. Yeah. Then there's nothing to apologize for. Um, real, real fast. Am I allowed to because I feel like I've I haven't provided any proper context. Can I explain real fast what the film is? Just the log one. Go ahead. All right. So uh, Sinner's Lullaby is my um directorial debut feature um which is currently in development and it's uh, it's a black and white gothic neo-noir um could be best be described as uh the crow uh starring the late but great brandon lee the crow meets um all the old uh you know film noir detective mysteries by alfred hitchcock or john houston um and it uh it's in black and white it is set on devil's night which is the night before halloween and it follows um a rock star rock guitarist who moonlights as a private detective her and her girlfriend who complete opposite universe is a uh, a lounge singer um who i think she she hangs her uh, her pillbox hat somewhere between uh grace kelly and luna lovegood from harry potter <laughs> uh, they have to um overcome their differences finally and band together both combatively and musically on stage when the criminal empire plaguing their city is mysteriously overthrown by an even more menacing figure which is the ultimate femme fatale and uh, she has a history with um with charlotte that's the rock star detective and um you know she the classic you know vengeful vixen come back the crux behind i think um the two the two romantic leads is that i always thought that um like jimmy stewart and grace kelly and rear window or like neo and trinity in the matrix i always liked the idea of two people you know from a opposite walks of life having to reconcile their differences by going and uh you know solving or fighting crime mm. and kicking ass together <laughs> yeah and it's funny because it, rear window happens to be one of my favorite films um it's 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 <laughs> up there for me yeah yeah so we'll talk about that another time too right. no i'm glad you i'm glad you did that because you're right we we hadn't given any context to it although no. we've certainly said sinner's lullaby enough times during this episode so folks oh, hey kind of implant the the, the question yes. curiosity exactly right? and just you know prepare this audience for when is there going to be a release right um uh, there is for for dissolved girl is there a trailer or something online oh, yeah there's a, there's a trailer and i think for the for a while the film was on amazon prime amazon prime i think treats filmmakers even worse than spotify treats musicians because it's now they ruled out short films. They don't like shorts anymore. So um, now it is, uh, it's not as sexy, um, you know, less professionally, but more uh, democratically. It's free on YouTube now and Vimeo. So you can watch it there. Okay. I'll um, try and put a link to it in, um, in, the, in the section below uh, when this, this episode airs. So folks, just look for that because I'll, I'll definitely, you know, definitely want to support the bro. Okay. Thank you so much, Alex. You're welcome. Well, hey, Kai, wonderful, wonderful to have you here. Uh, you will be invited back. And that time, at that time, Chris will be here too, because I know he had questions. 
So you'll you'll get another go round. You know, I I won't oh. say exactly when. I'll give you some time to do your thing. You'll definitely, you'll <laughs> definitely you. do I, that. I, I, by then, I hope to have you know learned a few new things, which I'll be excited to uh, to share with you guys. Excellent, excellent. Everybody, um, if you have any questions for Kai, please leave them in the comments or, or email me at the address you have it. Uh, it you know in the comment section uh, below the uh, episode title. So, you know, just get your questions in. I'll get them to him and he'll try and respond. Okay. Everybody, thank you for joining us. And Kai, as always, great to see you. And we'll talk again soon. Take great. care, everybody. Thank you so much, Alex. It's been lovely. It's been a pleasure. Take care, my friend. Talk soon.